if you treat people with high respect with no money or a little bit of money you're gonna treat them that way with a lot of money and people see that like because it's not about money it's about how you take care of people and when you take care of people they take care of you Well, hello and welcome to Leading Ladies Podcast, Past, Present, and Future, where we interview guests that are champions for the stories and careers of women in entrepreneurship and entertainment. I'm Antoinette, your host, here with my co-host, Renee L. Page. Hello, hello, hello. On today's show, we have Bernadette Speaks. She is an actor and director with 20 years plus in the industry. As an actor, Bernadette has performed in theaters all throughout the country. Directorial credits include theater and film. Notably, in February of 2020, The Bluest Eye, Bernadette had a six-week sold-out production. I tried to get tickets and could not. (laughs) (laughs) Most recently, Bernadette's film, Provoke, won the 2021 Audience Choice Award for the Women of Color Unite and Entertwines 48-hour film festival by Horror Film Festival Competition and is happily married with two beautiful children residing in California. Welcome, Bernadette. Welcome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, ladies. It's a pleasure to be here. Yes. Well, I'd like to start with like a little rapid-fire questions, if we can. Okay. Yes. All right. Hopefully I can keep up. Let's do it. Let's do it. (laughs) Whatever pops in your head, just first thing. Okay. Okay. (laughs) What's your favorite book? Um, the color purple. Oh, nice. Okay. If you could have coffee with one person, who would it be? Oh my gosh. Um, can they be dead? No. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Dead or alive. Can be. Yeah. Dead or alive. Um, Ntozaki Shange. Hmm. Who is that? Oh, Ntozaki Shange wrote the, um, for color girls. So yeah. she's a poet, author. Yeah. Oh, awesome. I'm going to have to look her up. Mm-hmm. Yes. If you were to switch careers tomorrow, what would you try? Uh, I would probably become like a horse herder. Ooh, <laughs> I love horses. <laughs> love horses. I love horses, yes. Yes, love <laughs> horses. What's your number one advice for self-care? Um, quiet. Find a quiet place. <laughs> find a quiet place to meditate gather your thoughts center yourself that's my number one advice yeah it seems to be a reoccurring theme on our podcast (laughs) yeah it's just it's too loud everything is just way too loud you have to yeah we got enough voices in our head (laughs) child let me tell you What is one of the best investments you made under $100 in 2021? Oh, my gosh. Um, under $100. Did I make an investment then? Um, yeah, oh, yeah, I did. I bought uh, some sea moss. Ooh. Me too. To eat? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you, yeah. And tea? Was it in Well, no, I bought it already ready-made in canisters and uh, mason jars um, just because I it was a great deal. It was a great sale. And I was like, let's do this. Okay. Nice. I bought the tea. Okay. What's the first thing you do every morning? Uh, The first thing I do every morning is I stretch. I get up out of bed and I thank God for waking me up and then I stretch. 
So I'd like to have a, a, a quick little prayer thanking God for allowing me to be awake and alive and breathing. And then I stretch to get my body mobilized. Okay. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yes. What's your favorite podcast? Uh, the Bama podcast by Marty Solomon. Okay. What's, what's their podcast about? Uh, it's actually a study of the Eastern perspective of the Bible. So it teaches you all about Jewish history, culture. Um, it just delves into, he's a Messianic Jew. So he delves into the Bible from a completely different perspective. And I've learned so much in this last two years listening to that mm-hmm. podcast. And it's so interesting. So incredibly interesting. So, yeah. Oh, I'll check it out. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite so far. I have a list, but that's my favorite so far. <laughs> Hopefully we'll go on that list. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I've already, uh, I think I put one of your podcasts on my story. Oh, oh really? I didn't even notice. Where yeah. am I? Oh. I forgot to, ta- I think, did I tag you? I may did not Did you tag, tag me? Oh, you, you, you put it up. Yeah, I didn't. I don't think I tagged anybody. I think I just was on your on your. Um, you followed me. I clicked. I, I was like, oh, because it's a red background, and I, and yeah. there was talking, and I posted it on my story. Oh, thank the you. Speaks you're welcome. Honored. <laughs> yeah, feeling absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Like, Wait, this is this is their podcast. I'm gonna go ahead and yeah. You know. That's an honor. Aww. Of course, you guys are awesome. You look, you're doing Thank things. You. You're doing things, and I want to support. And, and that's yeah. what we're here for. That's why we're doing this podcast is for women supporting and embracing and uplifting our fellow women and the next generation. Yes, that's really important. Yes. So, really speaking important. of that, what's one piece of advice that you would give yourself if you were just starting out as an actress? Don't be so hard on yourself and enjoy the journey. That's hard to do. It is. <laughs> it is very it hard is. to do. But I but I look back at how I was. I was so like, I got to, you know, that mindset of I've got to be perfect or I've got to, everything's got to be right or I've got to, you know, it was just too, it was too high of an expectation to have. And then I totally just missed being in the moment, being present. And enjoying it, enjoying every aspect of what I say I love to do, right? Um, yeah. So I would tell my younger self, like, don't sweat the small stuff. Be yeah. honest, be authentic, and enjoy it. Yes. Well, I have been told that ever since, you know, pursuing my <laughs> acting career. And it only clicked, like, after working with you. What? Yeah. <laughs> Like everyone tells you that everyone's like, just enjoy the journey, enjoy the ride. And after being on enough sets, maybe it was why I want to work with you. I was like, wow, I really enjoyed the set when I worked with Bernadette. Um, And it made me realize what is the fun part about being on set with you? I told you. (laughs) Yeah, I know you did, but you know, I just, I'm always like, like really, you know, I'm always you want people to feel that and you hope that people walk away feeling that and they want to come back and work with you again um, and that they see that you're consistent in who you are, how you work, how you treat people, you know, but it's really encouraging to hear that what you try to manifest and lay out before people actually is is very real and they feel it and they experience it and they have a great time and it's hard work, but you're not, Um, you're working with people that you love and the camaraderie and the collaboration is there. And so you don't mind it being hard work, you know? So 
Look, Antoinette, you're my ride or die. That's why you've been on three projects with me. <laughs> you are my ride or die. I can always count on you. I love it. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, thank you. It, it's nice to get compliments. <laughs> I felt welcome when I first met you, too. Like, you walked up to me. You was like, yeah, Renee, did you get my such and such test? I was like, oh. I was like, oh, that's pretty that. So I was like, yeah. And then you oh, came back. You was talking to me like we knew each other. I was like, okay. <laughs> Yeah, you were on top of your game. I, I thoroughly enjoyed meeting you when we did Deadfall. So, oh, so, yeah, you were on top order. of your game. I was so I was so proud of you. I didn't get to meet you when I went to see Gritty. I didn't get to meet you. I me, I knew Reggie, but I just think that anytime you have a vision and a dream and you can actually implement it and see it from start to finish, um, it's that's huge. That everybody can't do that. Everybody doesn't do that. You know what I mean? And especially women not allowing anything to stop us, not allowing people to say what we can or cannot do. And I know that that story is very important to you. So I'm excited to see it, you know, in a full yes. length feature and yes. like all that, all the people that are going to be touched by it. Actually, you might be in it, Bernadette. Cause I was, sitting there <laughs> like, I was like, I was like, Oh, she could be this person. So yes, I would be honored. But, um, you know what y'all were talking about manifesting and, not being so hard on yourself, I'm starting to learn that finish is better than perfect. So a lot mm. of times I'm like, okay, everything has to be perfect before I get started. And now I'm learning, just get started. And you, as you grow, you can course correct. You learn things. Um, it yeah, doesn't absolutely. have to be perfect right away, long as you start and long as you finish. So I'm learning that done is better than perfect. So. I've oh, been yeah. hard on myself. So like during this podcast, like Antoinette and I, we know I'm still learning how to do a ring light, but it's okay. I'm here. I'm showing up. I'm present. So I'm manifesting and I'm learning and it's okay. So, yeah, you know, it's, that's think, just part as of women. Ju- right. As women, we just feel like the competitive market is so like men can do things. They can actually I'm not trying to be overly general, but let's be real. Men can be mediocre and still be able to get hired, get the money, get the positions. You know what I'm saying? And women um, have to, we can't do that. You know, we're, right. we're always kind of put in a pigeonhole position where we have our first, first stint out the gate has to be perfect, you know? And so, um, but, but I think that robs us of the lessons that we need to learn, you know what I mean? And, and, um, so I think the most important thing is showing up is saying I completed this and always knowing like we're ever growing and evolving. So every project that we do is going to be different. We're going to learn from what we just did and, and then move on to the next one. And I think if we are open to that, every project will be special and it'll get better and better and better. And you'll start figuring out your voice, you know, your your like signature thing that you do how you do it you know i we we we're we're in a business of of um subjectivity right it's subjective people are either your fan or they're not your fan or overly critical where it's just like shut up (laughs) yeah yeah like you want to tear this down but what you doing you know what i mean so it's like you have to protect not only your own psyche and your own creativity, but I think also the circle, the community in which you work. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's like, if you have criticism, just help me. Just call and right. say, hey, Renee, 
maybe if you try to do this, this would work or whatever, and or help me fix my crown instead of laughing at me because it's crooked. So right, yeah. just baby, come here, come here. Let me. All right, you perfect. Go on up. Go on. Go on. Do yes. your thing. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's also why so we're cool. all have what we're good at. Like we're all good at different things because someone that understands, you know, finance or whatever, that's why they're the money person. They understand the numbers. Mm-hmm. Now you need to help me and share me with that knowledge or help me with my taxes, you know, um, <laughs> makeup artists, like I not that way inclined. So I need an expert to tell me about that. Like, I don't, I can't learn that, you know, well, I can, I can, I choose not to. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I don't want to clog my brain up with that. So I'm glad someone else cares about it more than me and knows it. Absolutely. Look, I believe in the age of specialization. You specialize in that? Okay. (laughs) Then you should be, you know, I'm going to have you on my team because then I know that I have a professional who specializes in this and I don't have to worry about it. You know, it's one less thing that that I have to have in my brain to try to figure out how to do, you know, and that's what I love. I love collaboration. You know that I love, I love it. And even in the last project that we worked on, it was, you know, it was definitely, we were throwing some curveballs that, (laughs) that I was like, okay, I don't know how it's going to work out, but we keep talking about it. We're going to figure it out. And and every, all the shots that, that we had to restructure or push to the next day, we got everything in, we got yep. everything done. And I felt like the things that we came up with um, as, an, as a solution were even better than what we originally mm, were yeah. going to do. You know what I mean? Like looking at the dailies and things like that. And that was like, that was not just me, you know, that was m- the team that was there saying, hey, what about this? Did you think about that? You know, talking all the way through it because everybody mm-hmm. was on the same page to see the project be successful. Man. So. Okay, Miss Director, how are those dailies? <laughs> yeah, they look good. They do. We have we have another beautiful film. Like I'm so, yeah. It, it, we have a Happy Place is going to be a really beautiful film, and uh, I can't wait. It's in post right now. The the um the the VFX is being worked on right now, and the editor just got the drive because I had to send it to him because he's on the East Coast, and he's gotten the drive, and so yeah. I, I can't wait to see the rough draft mm. of, the, uh, of the first Can I edit. celebrate my acting debut in this? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. We have to reshoot like one of the, the end scene, which, you know, was the most difficult, which was the, the, the last scene, the commercial scene. Dave and I both looked at each other and knew we we're going to have to reshoot this. And so we were OK with moving on and figuring that out later. And, uh, and luckily, I did not use all the money in the budget. <laughs> I'm very oh, proud of that. That's a plus. Very proud of that. And um, <laughs> have money to uh, put towards reshooting uh, this week. Awesome. But you're used to that, Bernadette, because like my first movie that I saw you in that I fell in love with you and you were just awesome is uh, Love Jones. So I know that because like your scene, like I remember when they had the scene Y'all was at the party at the house and you got up and started dancing. I was like, look at her. Come on now, Savon. maybe having to do retakes over and over to get it perfect and it so you're used to that right as an actress 
Yeah, I'm not the actor that, that, okay, I just have to stay on the script. I can't deviate from the script. Okay. Um, And I got that training early on in theater because when you do live theater, anything can happen. Yeah. You got to be quick on your toes to cover not only yourself, but your castmates that are on the stage with you. It's live. It's not like you can redo it. You know what I mean? So I think... um, I think that's what makes it fun and exciting is when you you stay open to being given like a curveball and you can run with it and see what beauty can be made out of it. You know what I mean? So, yeah. But it's very different being an actor and getting getting uh, <laughs> getting like an improv situation that you can play off of versus being a director and told that you have to pack up everything and kind of sit around for two hours. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out, how am I going to make up this day? You know, when I'm fighting with the light and all that stuff. But it's kind of like the same. That's the, the same, creativity. Yeah. The same muscle of creativity you got to learn. And you can't be mad at it, man. You, you just can't. You got to yeah. be open so that the creativity can flow. Learn how to deviate course quickly. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Adapt and overcome. <laughs> you know? So, yeah. So, yeah, that's what makes it fun. Well, what would be one of your favorite projects that you've worked on, either directing or acting or producing, since you do it all, multifaceted, yeah. write, you write? Yeah, yeah, I do. I do. I just really started that. The I definitely am a content creator. I'm a storyteller. I can construct a story. But recently, I just wrote... Um, a short that I submitted for a project. And then I am going back and looking at other things that I began that I feel now very empowered to complete. But um, to answer your question, so can I do it in genres? Like what my favorite thing in genres are? Because I can't- Oh yeah, that sounds fun. I I can't pick one thing. So, okay, so in acting, um, man, I think my all time favorite, definitely. um, I've done a lot of amazing things, but- I think Love Jones will always be my my all time favorite. I think because um, we just were so such a tight unit yes. that we were working with, and most of our stuff was improv before we even got into the script. And mm-hmm. Ted just kind of let us do that, and I think that's why people really loved the movie because you just saw this genuine like tit for tat against each other, like what friends do. And he definitely wanted that. And so to be able to bring that to the table and then go right into the script. Um, okay. Oh, my gosh. Everybody just was so excited to come to work every day, you know. Uh, yeah. And so it's always going to be my my all time favorite. Um, in, in regards to theater, my favorite play uh, that I've directed is uh, The Bluest Eye. Oh, yeah. That we could not yeah. get tickets to. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I'm um, too slow. <laughs> well, um, I think, well, it blew me away to not be part of a theater company, so to speak, and mm-hmm. be a director and have it sold out from previews on. But I think all the stars aligned, like God t- totally aligned that show because I had an amazing cast and I had um, such support from the Hudson Theater the producer, the my my uh, set designer, like my team was so tight, and then to be able to do a Toni Morrison piece, and really, uh, um, and then meet her son, and then do a gala, and then you know, like it was just, it was, a, and what was funny is we did not get reviewed. I, don't ask me why, because we, but we were what? sold out. We were sold out for six weeks. You didn't get a and, review. 
and not and never got really yeah but we were sold out for six weeks so literally instead of it being like oh my god did you read the reviews in the reviews in the newspaper um and people coming out from that it was all word of mouth it was all word of mouth and i think that's the best marketing you know because when you're passionate about something your friends want to go see what you are passionate about and that yeah, it was just crazy. And then I think the other thing was That's that, how many people love you, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. But I think it was amazing because yeah. it was just, it was, we, we ended, we got extended before we even went into, like, our, our fourth week because we ran for six weeks. And we got extended. Mm-hmm. And right, right when we ended the show, the pandemic happened. Like, literally. Yeah. Like, we ended March, I think it was March 3rd. And then that following 10 days later, everything just shut down. Shut down. Was, wow. Yeah, it was crazy. Just lined up. So, yeah. Yep. And then in, in uh, film, my my most favorite thing, um, uh, I think it was the 48-hour film festival competition. Ah, um, even though, okay. even though I really love doing Happy Place. But I think that just kind of, man, you know, it was a whirlwind of... <laughs> Have you done I mean, a 48-hour film festival before? I had never done it. So you're doing horror. You're finding out what you got to write the day that at nine o'clock that night, you know, and then getting it done in enough time so you could start shooting and then getting off these incredible shots. Like, cause we didn't do, we, Dave came to the location to see it and we kind of, we, you know, cause it's 48 hours. So he had done one. So he's sticking to the book. We're not really doing our, our, um, shot list cause we're not supposed mm-hmm. to, right? <laughs> Yeah. Right? So, and I don't have a script to do the shot list. So, so it was literally like, I know I want something in here. I know I want to use these stairs. <laughs> here's the living room. Here's the, you know, like, like just taking video and, and kind of being creative with this big, like, like it was like we had this huge canvas. How, how are we going to sketch and then color it in kind of thing, right? And we kept it broad. And the story was in my head, but I still don't, you know, it's just a story. It's not written on paper, nothing. So, yeah, that's totally my favorite because I felt like so empowered by all you guys having 24 people wanting to do this for me for free. Like, what? (laughs) And everybody is, like, excited and on board and feeling great and, you know, being able to feed you guys good. And it was just, it was just magical for me, magical. And Dave, I had just met Dave on Deadfall. Right. Yeah. I don't know him from Adam. I actually, you know, that's crazy. It's Me like, too. I didn't know him. And I just called him for advice. Like, I know you did a 48 hour film festival before. Can you give me some pointers? You know? And then when I told him what, what I was planning on doing, you know, as a script, depending on the, the Easter eggs they gave us, he was like, well, can <laughs> I be a part of that? And I was like, are you serious? And he was like, yeah, can I? And I was like, oh, uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, great, great. You know, and then Ace <laughs> coming over, who I met from Deadfall. It was just, it empowered me to feel like, okay, yeah, I'm ready. I can do anything. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's, a, you know. And then to win, what? That's crazy. Right. Yeah. You know, to win. And, and to win in an area where it, I feel like it counts because it's the audience, right? It's the people watching, yeah. the people looking at your work, even though it's not fully complete. And that's the other thing I learned. Like, it's not always about perfection because we definitely didn't perfect everything in post before we had to get it out. 
But yeah. what we did, I was super proud of. And everybody was like, you know, and just watching you help you help Victoria, I, you know, a young actor, but who also wants to be in the post, but behind the scenes as a director, writer herself, and you wrapping your arms around her. And, you know, she felt so taken care of by you, Antoinette. And it was just, oh. yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. how great. Yeah. Yeah, so she was super excited to come back for Happy Place and knowing that you were on board. <laughs> oh, I didn't even, she was a surprise when I saw her. I didn't know yeah, she was showing yeah, up. Yeah, so those are my three. <laughs> there you go. Those are okay, three. so can I ask, um, as far as now that you've directed before and after the 48-hour film festival, which is high intensity, you got to get this done, Sh- write, shoot, edit, submit, right? Um mm-hmm. What what are let's say top two three things if you have of what ha- you learned that can help you from the forty eight hour film festival and all that rush um, to yeah. now direct? Oh yeah, okay. So the number one After. thing I would say is um, patience, yeah. like patience and pacing, right? I like, like okay. um, you know that's the number one thing that I learned, right? Because we got one day. Two days, two days, not even, I didn't even feel like 48 hours. It felt like one day. <laughs> <laughs> so I would say that pacing myself um, and trusting. And then the second one would be trusting my DP. Yeah. So if I say, you know what, I, this is what I'm thinking. And he'll go, that's a little complicated. Or what about this? Oh, I know. I know how we could do that. Let's, what about this? Uh, let me just sit, you know, show you this and being open that, my vision can be um, more magnified because yeah. of his eye, right? Um, so that would be my second thing. And then my third thing would be uh, to um, encourage, 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 encourage my team, encourage my actors, encourage, 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 because when you do that, people want to do the best work. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know? And so those are the three things that I walked away with, you know, that by the time we got to happy place and we were throwing these curveballs, those things were kind of set in place. And so where tempers could have flared, patience could yeah. have, you know, been lost. Um, it, it wasn't. It wasn't. Everybody maintained their cool. Everybody knew that we were all striving for the same things and and everybody uh respected each other and i think if i had a fourth one if i had another number one that's the number one as i believe in respecting people yeah highly respecting people and setting that bar right at the beginning Mm -hmm. right at the beginning and letting my people know i that i'm grateful and i'm appreciative of them so like yeah you know like we had our opening talk um at the beginning of uh, provoked but then for happy place we went in overtime and I we I pulled the team together and I said, this is where we are. This is what we have to get done. Mm-hmm. And I would greatly appreciate it if you would stay to help me achieve this. But I know that we're over and every mm-hmm. single person wanted to stay. Yeah. yeah. You know, and so mm-hmm. I don't take that for granted. So I, it's like whether it be a little bit of, if you treat people with high respect with no money yeah. or a little bit of money you're going to treat them that way with a lot of money. And people see that like, cause it's not about money. It's about how you take care of people. And when you take care of people, they take care of you. Oh, definitely. You know? Definitely. So that's my big thing. Moving on to bigger things, bigger projects is just keeping that standard. And, mm-hmm. uh, and then the sky's the limit, you know? 
Oh, I agree. Yeah. Well, what made you want to switch from acting to directing? Yeah. I don't know if I wanted to switch. (laughs) (laughs) I think, um, you know, when I first started out, I didn't think I'd be anything but an actress. You know, like you couldn't tell me nothing. I was going to achieve every award. I was going to hit every genre. I was going to. But I think the older you get and the more you realize, I like being a creative. So to sit around and kind of wait for auditions or to, you know what I mean? Like that just never, it started to not sit well with me the older that I got. Um, And I didn't really think, oh, let me move into directing. But I think when I got sick in 2014 and I was kind of faced with uh, life or death, and I came out of it, then I was I was like, you know what? I want to challenge myself and see if there are other things that I'm just as good at or that I'm even more passionate about and um, and be willing to kind of fall forward, you know, in, in the process of figuring that out. And I was given a play, um, The Watsons Go to Birmingham. And after that, I was just like, okay. And then I did another play, another reading, another reading, another... You know, and then I was like, okay, can my eye go from stage to film now? Let's see. And um, and it did. And so, yeah, that's kind of how it happened. I mean, I still audition and I've got some projects that I did uh, in, you know, a year ago that are now going to be coming out. But I don't know. It's just it's totally two different things. Like, I still yeah. feel like as an actress, I haven't accomplished everything that that I, I want to do. And I... I mean, I feel like I'm just scratching the surface as an actress. Okay, you know? so why didn't we have you in the 48-hour film festival or Happy yeah. Place? Because <laughs> uh, I don't want to uh, act and direct. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like it, yeah. it has to be something that I really, 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 really want to do for me because that's difficult. Like, you know, being on a production that when you're the d- d- director, you're in charge of like, all the departments right and and how everything is going and who's doing what and scheduling and da 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 da. so to take that off to take that hat off now i'm gonna put my actor hat on you know Mm -hmm. you have to have for me i would have to have somebody that i thoroughly trust that will take care of me and as an actor that's going to come in and kind of be my second director and make sure that my stuff is authentic and on point you I know, feel so the that, same way. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. unless I really want to do 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 that role to do that and, and kind of add that extra plate that I, with all the other ones that you juggle, um, I'd rather just keep it separate, you know, yeah. act in this project and direct this project. And, yeah. you know, and it's so funny, like the one the one project that I wrote that I submitted, I actually do want to be in that one. I, that okay. one, I would actually do want to act in it and um, direct it because Is it's this a, a play. Love... No, it's a film. Okay. It's a film, but it's a love letter. Uh, it's a love letter to other moms. So it's very personal for me. I wrote it from a very personal, personal place. Um, and so I, I want to do that, but I've already talked to like my mentor to say, when I'm, are you got to come in and help me with this one? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like... You know, and he and he totally agreed. He totally was like, oh, absolutely. So, yeah. So I don't, you know, I I think in both genres, I am only scratching the surface. I am only just beginning, and I pray I have a a long a long life and a long uh, career to to start chopping away at the things that I want to accomplish yeah. and do and 
you know. Mm. Well, speaking of mentors, who were your role models when you were growing up? Like, who were you like, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Um, Wow. Well, first of all, I'm a late bloomer when it comes to the arts. Uh, My mom put me in the arts to keep me off the street Mm -hmm. uh, because she's a single parent. And uh, but I so I didn't really have people per se uh, because I didn't know growing up that I wanted to pursue the arts, right? I just didn't think like, even though I'm going to art camp and I'm going to acting camp and this camp and that camp, I'm not thinking, oh, I want to do this for a living. I'm thinking this is just where my mom is sending me for the summer. <laughs> so I think to start off with, she would be my first role model um, because she, I watched her uh, be faced with a lot of adversity and I watched her overcome it and she was a great mom. And she, I never grew up knowing that I was without anything. Mm. And I think that's the gift of motherhood, right? You, you build on just what you have and the kid, the children don't know the difference. They don't know if they're being loved and taken care of and you're spending time with them. They don't know what they're missing. They don't know what they don't have. You know what I mean? And so my mom is definitely my role model. And I think after I um, became aware and of what I wanted to do and being in the industry, um, I was really blessed with mentors uh, that believed in me. I went to college and wanted to be an aeronautical engineer. And then I was like a junior and went, I don't want to be an aeronautical engineer. <laughs> I don't know what I want to do, you know, and I was minoring in theater and my theater. That's a tough like, job. <laughs> yeah. And I, I mean, and to be honest, like I hated everything about aeronautical engineering, except for the drafting part of it, which it was the creative part of it, which is what you didn't get to do all the time, you know, and the design. Yeah. The design like that, that was the part I loved. But I didn't get to do it all the time. So it was like really more about the academia of math and science and blah, blah, blah. I was just like, shoot me now. And um, and I was the only one like, you know, because as a junior, you start interning, right? You start interning and getting those. Yeah, I didn't intern anywhere. <laughs> I was just like, this is a sign that something's wrong. I don't want to do this. <laughs> and um, my theater teacher uh, at the time was like, you should think about being an actor. And I just thought he was crazy. And he was like, no, I think you're really good. And I was going to school at the time that there was only three black people in my entire theater program. I was the only one in undergrad and there was two in the master's program. That was it. Well, that's, I wanted to ask you about that. Like, how is that, you know, affected being an African-American in the entertainment industry? And for you, what was your experience? Um, you're already only three in your college. So I'm going to college in the South during a time where there was opportunity, but it was still very limited, you know? And I remember doing, I remember, uh, they were going to do little shop of horrors. Everybody knows that the three kids are black, right? So I'm all excited that at least I'll get this, you know, get to audition for that particular role or whatever. It was a hit on Broadway, you know? And they changed, they completely changed it um, and made the three girls prostitutes, women of the night. Oh, what? Yeah. And they were all white. Um, and then I just ended up being in the, the chorus. 
Oh, wow. And I was like devastated because I had practiced and I had gotten an accompanist and I, you know, and yeah. And so even something like that, I couldn't even. So it was just really like, okay, it was, it was the first time that I realized how bad do I want to do this? You know, if, if it's going to be anything like this, you know, that means that opportunities are going to be, um, open you know, that, oh. you know, yeah, it's just not like it is now, you know? And I mean, we still have issues now, but definitely back then it was completely different. And so, <clears throat> but I will say that once I made the decision to step into the industry full time, okay. God blessed me with the most incredible mentors, like just incredible. And, um, they're the ones that just kept me going. They're the ones that saw something in me. They're the ones that uh, lit a fire underneath me. And I don't think, I think without them, I don't know if I would have, because it gets really discouraging, you know, after a while. And you're just like, what, what am I doing? And why am I doing this? And, um, and I know many great, talented people that have had to take a long break or they've walked away or they didn't like LA and they had to move, they moved back home, you know, um, but I've just had people in my life that constantly are like, you're doing, you're doing it and, and not judging that one job I auditioned for or whatever as my value that dictates my value. And it's hard, right? Actors, it's hard to remind yourself your value isn't in what you book, right? Or you have people that go, so what were you in? What mm. can I see you in? You know, and you're just like, Ugh. I hate that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or, or they're like, <clears throat> but you have something yeah. to show. Yeah. You can yeah. be like, uh, right here. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, and to be honest, I've gotten my, I've gotten scolded about thinking that my body of work isn't enough. I don't know. It's crazy. No. So then again, one of my favorite shows, what is it? Uh, all American, you're in that. So yeah. trust me, you're you're seen. So and <laughs> you did an awesome job as the mother. Oh, you're, you you played a part as a mother, and your son died, and just that whole scene, like I mean, it was just surreal. I didn't want you to throw away your life for something I did. I really don't remember what happened that day. I just remember wanting the pain to stop knowing it wouldn't as long as Tyrone was walking around free. I had no idea you were even there until that video surfaced. I never thought it would blow back on you. I'm sorry for everything, Miss Ruth. You don't deserve none of this. And neither do you. You deserve to be a kid. You deserve to grow up without the fear of violence, to live out your wildest dreams. Don't you two worry about me anymore. Go. Be free. Live for my shot. So, oh, no, you're, you're a scene. So trust me. <laughs> yes. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And thank then you. myself yeah. and Antoinette was uh, bragging about, um, we're talking about, uh, if we, you know, the Sydney 48, like, oh my goodness. Yeah. Like, yeah, what was it like working with Sydney? Yes. Well, <clears throat> it was amazing. Like, um, 
as one and would was, expect. <laughs> yeah, it was. But but you know what? What's interesting is um, my the casting director didn't want to call me in. She thought I was too old. And I, and at the time, all my friends were going in, and I was like, "Now nah, I know I don't look any older than they do." <laughs> like you know, and it and it ended up being that she finally did call me in because I like bugged her, bugged her, bugged her, and um, my agent, I was like, you know, my agent was like, "If you don't stop calling me about this audition," and uh, she finally called me in, and uh, Mr. Bogdanovich, who was the director, and um. The producers were in the room. I'll never forget the first audition. They're in the room. And I do my thing. And then he asked me how old I am. And I laugh. And I walk <laughs> out. <laughs> and so when I got cast, um, Mr. Portier immediately took the the core students, right, it, under his wing. And he met with us. He, he wanted us. He didn't care what you did before that. He didn't care what accolades you had. He just took it upon himself to go, I'm going to wrap my arms around you guys. I'm going to mentor you, talk to you. This is a collaborative effort. And he is definitely one actor that didn't always stick to the script. Mm. So all my scenes, I'd be like, just be ready because he could say anything. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but to spend that time with him before we would shoot, we would spend like an hour together before every scene. So he'd look at the call sheet He'd tell me the night the night before when we were on set, hey, um, come to set at this time so we can talk through the scene, so we could this, that. And it was my first made-for-TV movie. So to have my very first made-for-TV movie, because college, you know, doesn't teach you how to act in front of the camera. At that time, my college didn't. So here I am, my first time acting in front of a camera for this made-for-TV movie, and my mentor is Sidney Poitier, and he's giving me all these gems Mm. of what it is to be an actor, how I need to prepare, um, how I need to be in front of the camera, how not to overact, how, like, like it was just an overload. My cup was so full. Tell us, tell us what, give us something. What would, yes. Like he would, he, he, I remember he said, every character you play is a facet of who you are. And Mm. he said, you know, he doesn't believe in demeaning characters. Like, would you demean yourself in real life, you know? Um, And he says, if you can't look at yourself in the mirror and understand why you're playing that character, then you you shouldn't play it, right? And um, he said, because every character has a thread of connection to to you, right? And that's what brings the authenticity to every role that you play. Um, He told me how not to overact. You know, mm. he was like, he was like, what are you thinking about right now? Why? So the first thing that we did is like, he comes into the classroom and we're all like going to muck in the class. He must be new here. That's right. I don't even look like he from around here. No, England. Is that New England, like up in Boston? Not New England, stupid England. Ever been there? Yeah, I zip over every weekend. I stand up on the desk and I'm dancing. And I remember shooting that scene and he comes in and he's, and he cuts, he cuts, he tells Mr. Bogdanovich, we're going to cut. And he pulls me to the side and he's like, why are you dancing on the table? And I was like, huh? And he, was like, <laughs> he was like, why are you dancing on the table? And I was like, it, it says it in the script. I'm supposed to dance on the table. And he was like, no, no, no. But why? 
why do you choose to get up and dance on the table? <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. And that was like my first masterclass. He says, you need to have a reason why you choose out of everything else in this room to do, to stand on the table and dance. Hmm. Did you finally answer no, him? No, but he said, I'm going to keep stopping until I can see the reason why. Like, <laughs> How nervous were you? Wow. I was, I was like petrified. I mean, he was super, super nice. He was, <sighs> but I was petrified because you have this iconic person, you know, when I'm in, in college, I'm looking and studying Raisin in the Sun that he's playing in, you know, mm -hmm. and now he's talking to me and I can't give a reason why I'm dancing on the table. Like, that's how detailed he was. Like, you have to have a reason for why you do what you do. It cannot just be because it's in the script. Right. And that was like huge for me. Yeah, that's a great piece of advice. Yeah, just different things like that. How was he on time management? Uh, he was always there on time, but we would, do, but, but we would do several takes because like he would want to change the words, want to change the script, you know, to m kind of be more suitable to what he felt like he should say. I, I was just curious about uh, Mr. Portier's uh, uh, t uh, 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 punctuality because I remember when I went to Howard and I remember we was in, uh, we had just started because we started in August mm -hmm. of that summer. So I never forget, we had a teacher, I think her name was Dr. Barnick. So she said, when my door is closed, my door is closed. You cannot get in. There's no lateness. There's nothing. So we had two young girls running up to the door and she was getting ready to close it and they were late. So she was like, what is your name? So whoever it was, it was such and such. And she said, I think something, Portier. So we started laughing. We was like, oh, we know she can be late all the time. So I don't know if it was his granddaughter or- That his was his daughter. Cause he, yeah, he, he's got six daughters. So that okay. was probably the one that, that is- uh, Went to Howard. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Oh, I wasn't in acting school. So maybe it was one of those, like, I think it was like a research class or whatever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that's he's the a, closest I got to Sydney Portier. Mm -hmm. so. He's a stickler. <laughs> he, he's not late. He's not late for anything okay. at all. And you better be on time. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So yeah, we were all like, I was so nervous. I was, I was there way early. Most of the time it was dark. I was right. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like he was like he was he was just a gem of a of a man and, and yeah, that um, he was and i just i was i couldn't believe it i couldn't believe i, I got to work with him and mo all my scenes were with him and i couldn't believe that he was like my mentor that i got this incredible mentor who helped me become comfortable acting in front of the camera wow you're you lucky know. Yeah. 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 Like you got on hand training. That's the best learning is on hand. And you're yeah. lucky, Bernadette. Yeah. You're lucky. Yeah. yeah. Like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. He was, he was awesome. He was awesome. You know, my condolences because you lost your mentor. So, yeah, it took me a minute because we were, you know, it happened when we were shooting Happy Place. So mm -hmm. people were afraid yeah. to tell me. And I happened to pull my phone out. And a news article came up and I saw it and I was kind of like, and I mentioned it to my husband. He was like, I didn't want to tell you right now. Yeah. So it took me a couple of days to kind of just digest it. Yeah. I didn't even put two and two together because we were wow. just working on happy yeah. place. And I heard it. I was like, oh, and then I, it didn't process. Yeah. It took me a couple of days to definitely process it. You know, it's just been an interesting year, I think. I think what I've learned yeah. in the pandemic is you have to stop sitting around and waiting, you know, 
waiting to apologize or waiting to forgive or waiting to do that one job or waiting to write that one thing or waiting to shoot that one thing. Like stop because people are dropping like flies and, um, it's, it's, it's really daunting, uh, this year, I mean, I know that every year we have those people that die, you know, and yeah. the girls are threes, but I just feel like it's just extra, you know, and yeah. it's a reminder that tomorrow's not given to us. And so yeah. if there's a way that we can, you know, try to live our best lives, which also means the the pain that, that life throws at you, but, you know, processing. Yeah, I just had something that just uh, that took took me apart. And I mean, I can talk about it. You know, my son was shot and, and that just, and I was at work when I found out and that just for something random. And that just almost like, I was like, Oh my God, I'm in California. He's in Baltimore. And I kind of blamed myself and I just broke down at work because it's like, Oh my God, the last thing I, the last thing I said to my son was, oh my God, I love you. And he was like, okay, mom, if I love you, I'll call you back later. So, but he was, he's fine. He's okay. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Thank God. I, I can say tomorrow, today, I love you. And, you know, to my kids, mm-hmm. because, because it could have, because I could have been burying my son because we buried mm-hmm. his best friend last year. The same thing, ride, drive by shooting at him. And we live in Baltimore. So yeah. you you can't take life for granted. You have to take each moment, each hour, each day. It's precious. So yes, yes, absolutely. So, yeah. Yes. Well, I think it's the thing. It's the theme, right? It's the theme of what advice can you give to anybody, an entrepreneur, um, an up and coming artist or artists that have been doing it for trying to do it, doing it, not gotten a big break or whatever, you know? Like, don't, don't, you know, keep going, keep showing up, show up in life. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's like, that's like huge. Show up. It doesn't have to be perfect. Just, just show up. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be perfect. Yeah. That's a lesson I think a lot of us are learning. Right. Right. And that's sometimes we, in order for us to get started, we think, okay, this has to be done. This has to be done. This has to be done. And we just don't get started. Right. And that's where I was for a few years is I kept thinking it had to be perfect. Therefore, that was causing me to not do it. So it was fulfilling my fear of moving forward and doing it versus show up, yeah. <laughs> you know, face it, go forward. Yeah. My husband does that so well. Like all the things that he's accomplished, it wasn't because he knew how to do it. He was just willing to learn uh, and and adjust and learn and adjust and learn and adjust and you know like he's like one and we were going back to when you asked like who my people I look up to and, and he definitely is another one because he can turn something into nothing nothing into something and then he doesn't feel like I gotta I gotta have every all my ducks in order to just get started you know yeah. I think he trusts the process that he's going to learn and grow while he's going after it or while he's doing it. Right. And you'll be able to go back and see, Oh, this is when you first started. This is like a year later, several years later, 10 years later. It's just like, yeah. Like, like being married, honestly, like, you know, you don't know how to be married when you get married. You know what I mean? I don't know about that. It's like, you don't know how to be married when you get married. You don't know how to do that. You have to learn how to do it. 
you know, and hopefully and I get to learn one day. So how do, how, <laughs> how do we stay married as long as you and Jamal? Yeah. Uh, oh, What's the secret? <laughs> What's the secret? Ah. Um, individuality, me allowing him to be who he is and him allowing me to be who I am. And, and we're very clear on what I'm strong at. He, he allows me to lead in that. And what he's strong at, I allow him to lead in that. He doesn't try to do my job. I don't try to do his job. Y'all have that symbiotic relationship. It's like, I can see that y'all was are like homeboys. Like, you're his road dog. <laughs> right. Like, like because, you know, when y'all working together, you can look at him, he can look at you. And then it's like, y'all can look at each other. And, and you just that, said a whole paragraph. <laughs> you just said a whole paragraph. Or even we weren't set. You were standing here. He was across the that uh, you did something he did something he was like okay and then he course corrected i was like oh wow you know <laughs> so y'all are like best you can tell that y'all are best of friends and that is just evident like that yeah. is just a role model of a marriage because y'all are best friends first and it's obvious and you can see it yes yeah yeah we're definitely you know we we came into our own together which is kind of cool. You can't always do that with, with someone, you know? Um, and I appreciate that. I appreciate that. I've learned how to be a better person, a better wife, a better friend because of him. And, and he's definitely learned because of me and he's a visionary. And so it's a trust factor, you know, cause when somebody's a visionary, mm-hmm. you can be rich or you can be poor. You can be broke a lot. Yeah. You know, cause mm-hmm. everything's not going to manifest in, into something. It's an idea, yeah. you know, and a visionary implements every idea right? yeah. so sometimes ideas are a miss and sometimes they're not but yeah he is the one that taught me to uh trust what god has given me and jump jump both yeah. feet jump <laughs> you know and he's been the the wind to keep me flying all these years uh, how long y'all been married 22 years and isn't that good for Hollywood? Very good for Hollywood. Well, I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying that it's rare. You know, yeah, whether whether you're in Hollywood or not, it's it's rare that that um you can you still I mean, we're so crazy about each other. Yeah. Even after, you know, even yeah. after being with with each other for so long. And we've gone through the gamut of, of life stuff and it's only made us stronger you know like so it's been it's been pretty awesome and we both are looking forward to the next decade of life you know what i mean yeah yeah, we need we need a speaks a podcast to find out the secret yeah yeah (laughs) we do yes (laughs) that would be fun (laughs) yes that would be fun yeah i think if you if you have a person that's in your life that has deep waters you've got to know how to let the water drain yeah i like that you got, you got to learn what does that take? What does that mean for you? And some people, you know, and you have to, and if you know you're coming to the relationship with, with baggage because of whatever, right? It could be from the, care, the caretakers, those that took care of you, how you grew up, things that happened to you. You're going to bring that into a relationship, but you, you got to work on you to make the relationship healthy. You know, it's a constant process. I don't work on Jamal and Jamal does not work on me, you know? And when, and even if we're at an impasse, I let him be, we both trust each other enough that we allow each other to be at that impasse because forcing him to be where I am or him forcing me to be where he is, is not, that's not going to, that's not going to work. You know what I mean? You have to allow the person to arrive 
and come to their like surrendering or their letting go of their expectations, whatever it is that they've got to do, you've got to let them come to that on their own while you're doing the same thing. And usually when we do that, we become like that, you know, that we end up Mm -hmm. back on the same page, you know? Um, And we, we have code codes. Like when he's like, baby, can I be honest? I know I need to stop what I'm doing and be completely focused on what he has to share with me because usually he's sharing something that's very hard. And then for me, I'll say, babe, can I talk to you? Or, you know, and he'll be like, oh, he'll go up. Oh, what I do? Uh-oh. Like, <laughs> you didn't do anything, you know? And so it's, it's um, I don't know. It's, it, I, it, it's definitely a miracle because we both don't come from backgrounds where uh, relationships lasted. You know, we both yeah. come from single parent households. So his parents didn't stay together. My parents didn't stay together. So does that know. make you feel like you tried harder? Yeah. Um, what it did was it made me realize I can't bring that. I can't bring, uh, my issues and put them on top of him as if they're, as if he's the one that caused it. Does that make sense? Like I have to kind of unpack and go, how much is really him and how much is really my past? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. the, the, the armor that I've put on because of this, that, or the other, or the lack of trust because of this, that, or the other. And so how much is really him? And how much is my past? And usually right. 10% is the person that you're with and 90% is whatever yeah. happened to you before you got in that relationship. <clears throat> you know what I mean? And yeah. so it takes a lot of humility to be able to own your stuff. And it takes a lot of love because love is an action. It's not, I tell my kids this all the time. Love is an action. It's not, it's not an emotion. It's an action. When you love somebody, you're willing to put yourself aside not be stepped on not be right you know demean not be disrespected but you right. are willing to go you mean enough to me that i'm going to put what i want over here and i'm going to focus on giving you what you want pouring yeah. into you you know what i mean and so in doing that we've learned to love each other even deeper and, and a lot more yeah. You know, and even working together, we couldn't do that well at the beginning. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, really. We could not do that well at the beginning, and uh, we had to figure it out. And because so, you love working together. Well, now we do absolutely, but it's funny because we do our best when he's my AD and I'm the director. If he's in any other position, we don't do well. Really? Yeah. Really? Yeah. And you know, because you started with us when he was my DP. Right. I know. Yeah. But we figured out. I didn't really. I, I didn't mind. Yeah. yeah. So no, I didn't I mean, we, see what you guys saw. Yeah. You know? well, well, it was funny because after that short film, uh, Renee was called the, the Imaginist. We sat down and was like, what was good? What was not good? How did you feel? How did you feel? What could we do better? Because we always do that. And um, and I said, I think we work better when you're my A.D., and so the next two projects, he came on as my AD and not my DP, and I got a different DP. And so the energy of who he is and the energy of, of Dave, who I've now worked with, meshes with who I am, you know, because I know my husband. I already know I want he wants me to be successful, right? Yeah. But I also know his job is to make sure I get all my shots in, but also make sure he's keeping uh, mindful of the clock, but also... Um, the sun, right? And mm-hmm. he allows me to be creative in my own creative way, you know, my own space of how I do it. 
and Dave is like my muse. Like we, we, we mesh really well that way. And my husband and I don't necessarily mesh really well that way, but he is a controller and he likes to be in charge. And so him being my AD, I'm like, do you think baby, <laughs> you know, and I listen to him because I know, okay, I've got to be a little quicker in my, and mm-hmm. how I execute what I've got to, what yep. I've got to do, you know? And so it's even figure. So I was figuring that out. Like, oh, we work really good together when you're here and I'm here versus you're here and, uh, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, after 22 years, we figured it out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I really love that you came on and were sharing your story as a leading lady to all of our viewers. Yeah. Do you have an upcoming project besides your one-man show, can we call it? (laughs) Your poem, Um, your mother's um, advice, what was it called? It's called Diagnosed. So hopefully if if I get picked for this project, it it would shoot like April, May and come out in J- July. Oh, um, cool. uh, but as an actor, I have two projects getting ready to come out. So Netflix, a Netflix project called first kill and, um, MC lights, uh, di- directorial debut short film called, um, break up in love. Oh, okay, so those, cool. those oh. are going to be coming out, um, this year. And then, um, and then I'll be debuting my two films on uh, my director's, uh, my director's cut of Provoked and okay. uh, Happy Place. Cool. Yeah. And then hopefully moving on to a feature, which is my next thing to, ch- to tackle. Oh, yeah. I'm so ready, <laughs> well, make guys. I'm so sure ready. you be available because I may need you for Gritty. So, you know. Oh, well, I will. I need my, I a, you know, I need my A-lister there. I, so. totally would be, I totally would be available for Gritty. Absolutely. I would love to be in it. It's in yeah, Baltimore. It's in Baltimore. Doesn't yeah, that mean my, a family, my family's in Baltimore. So oh, I, get to, I would get to see them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. My brother-in-law oh, lives in Maryland. My, my mother-in-law lives in Philly. Yep. Okay, well, good. Yeah, so it's no excuse. No excuse at all. It ain't. No excuse at all. <laughs> well, how can people find you if they want to follow you or find out when your releases are coming out? Official Bernadette Speaks is my IG. That's the main one that I'm on. And then I'm working on my website, which is BernadetteSpeaks.com, which will be um, ready next month. Awesome. Thank you. Well, thank you for being our leading lady this week. And thank you, um, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Antoinette. Thank you, Renee. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you so much, ladies. <laughs> okay. Well, for more of our content, you can follow us on our social media at heap underscore ent. That's H-E-E-P underscore E-N-T. And if you have feedback, questions, or collab pitches, or anything you want to tell us, you can reach our team at heapent at gmail.com and you can follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Antoinette Westcott, Renee L. Page is her social media handles and until next time, see you guys later. Bye. Gals. <laughs>